Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. See, God didn't create us to do life alone. He did not create us to not have a relationship because our God is a relational God. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all have a part to play. And from that model, we can see that we too need to have relationships with each other. See, it is hard to see your shortcomings when you are standing alone. Yes, life is a whole lot easier when it's just about yourself. When you're doing life all by yourself, it is a whole lot easier. But today in the context of community here, I think we come come forced that we have to face what we can bring to the relationship table. We are emotionally and spiritually, we rub up on each other. As we grow in our walk with God, emotionally and spiritually, we have a negative or we have a positive impact on other people. So community can be a great way and a great opportunity for healing and a great way that we can emotionally and spiritually grow. So if you are engaging in community, if you're engaging with each other, we actually can grow from each other. Sometimes, yes, it's easier to avoid the mess of someone else, the hurt or the pain and the effort that it does take to put into relationships. Sometimes it's easier just to isolate ourselves, to come and go, be the fake, not be genuine with someone. Yeah, it's a lot easier. My question for you today is who are you inviting and allowing into your life? See, community church community is a catalyst for love. It's an opportunity for growth and healing. And it is a place where you can be your real self and bless others. I've been in church community all my life since a baby. As I grew up in church, my parents would put a rug on the floor and we'd go to double services in a day. We grew up in church life. Um, Over the years, I've seen many people come and I've seen many people go. I've left towns. People have left towns. Um, I've been in ministry life in some form um, of leadership for 18 years. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes it really hurts. It hurts because you see people come and they go or they get hurt or they, et cetera, or you get hurt. So yes, in, in life context of community, sometimes it's going to hurt. Probably a lot of the times it's going to hurt. But can I tell you a lesson that God has taken me on? One, don't take it personally. And two, when people are in your lives, whether it's just for a short time or a long season, God has placed those people there for a reason and an opportunity. Maybe that reason is for a friendship. Maybe what you can bring into that relationship is that you can encourage them and help them to grow in their walk with God and vice versa. But who God places in your life for that season, it's an opportunity that you have to either take or isolate. See, God knows who and what you need in your personal life to grow and walk. We're going to do a little activity now, and it's quite practical in a sense, and I've done this in my workplace, and I think it can apply to all of us here today as adults and as teenagers. It's called social mapping. Maybe you have heard of this, but we're going to apply this today in our 
context here of community. So behind me, you will see three circles. Now, practically, you can either draw it on a piece of paper, you can write it in your phone, or you can just take a mental inventory of it. But have a look at these three circles, and maybe you have done this, maybe you have heard about this. But the first and the smallest circle, the middle one, the inner. This is what we call our inner circle. These are people who are your core group. These are people who are closest to you in your life. These are the people that know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I just want you to take a moment now and just jot down some names of people that you feel are in your inner circle. They know you. They know the real you. The second circle of people, these are people, so if we go to the second circle here, these are the ones that you call friends. These are the people you invest in, you interact with on a regular basis, but you haven't fully let them in yet. They, they know a lot about you, but they certainly don't know everything. You respect these people, but they're not closest to your heart. And the third and the largest circle, the outer one, represents your acquaintances. These are people that you interact with casually, but not intentionally. They're your co-workers, they're the classmates in your room, they're the people in this church environment. You only really spend time with them because you happen to be in the same room or environment with them at that time. So have a little think for a moment. Who are those people that are in your outer third circle? So with the social mapping, you can actually learn a lot about yourself. So first question I'm going to ask you, are there too many people in your inner circle? Have you got 100 people right there in the inner circle? I don't know. But a question you can ask, is there too many people in my inner circle? Is that because I focus on quantity and not on quality? Or are there too few people in your inner circle? Maybe you've been hurt in the past and you're not allowing people into the inner part of your life. Now, if you have a think for a moment and if you do this exercise and you look at the largest number of people who are in your circle, and often that's where on the outer circle, that's where you have most of your names. Maybe this could just indicate that you just live a surface level life. You allow people in a tiny little bit and you have those small conversations, but you're actually not allowing people to get closer to you and to get to know the real and genuine you. So in, in all of this, if spiritual health and growth are important and if community helps us to grow and to be shaped, does someone need to move in or out of your circle. What I mean is, is there someone in your inner circle that actually is not good for you? Or maybe there's someone on your outer circle that you need to allow to come closer to your life. Question, how can you be more intentional with the people that God has placed around your life? Maybe in community context of church, maybe you're just at surface level and you come to church, you sing your songs, you do your things and people ask you and they're like, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm great. I've been so busy, but I've got to run. See you later. Hey, let's have coffee. But you never actually have the coffee. No one does that. Hey, no. Maybe you haven't even yet crossed the room to get to know someone else. Just possibly in this room, there is a beautiful friendship that could grow if we just allowed ourselves to cross the room.
in the Bible, which we're going to do now, we're going to look and see some different relationships. And I believe in when we've been in maybe unhealthy relationships, we need to then spend time with healthy relationships. Is there people in here that we're going to look at and from this person in the Bible, Paul, he models three relationships that we all need to have in our lives to be healed, to grow genuine and real and authentic. So the first point for today is we all need a mentor. So Paul in the Bible, he is considered to be one of the most powerful preachers. He is passionate. He is full of fire. Um, but do you know what? Paul's journey, he actually didn't get there alone. If you know the story of Paul, he actually was called Saul before his name was changed. And he met God on the road to Damascus. Now, he was a man that persecuted Christians. He didn't like Christians. And he was on his way and he had this amazing encounter with God and he was blinded. But there was a man that came alongside Paul that poured into him and helped him on his journey. Now, could you imagine if you were a Jewish person or a Gentile, and you heard that Saul was coming to town to preach, maybe part of you would be thinking, is he going to kill me? What's his agenda? Like, what is he up to? Like, there would have to be a trust from the people. But this man, Barnabas, he came along Paul. He took Paul under his wing. Barnabas testified on his behalf. Barnabas paved a way for Paul to connect and preach the gospel in Jerusalem. It says in Acts 9:27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fiercely in the name of Jesus. So Paul worked, so Paul worked with Barnabas. Barnabas assisted him. Barnabas, if you think about it, he actually was older and more spiritually mature. He poured into Paul. He mentored Paul. He guided him and he helped him. And that's the beautiful relationship of a mentor is that they pour in to you. It's such a beautiful picture in the scriptures of mentorship and everyone should have someone that is pouring into them, investing into them, guiding them, giving them a different perspective and they're the people that you can be honest and open with and be your genuine self. These are the people that you look up to and you think, hey, um, I love how they have a relationship with God. I love how they do family or relationships or um, they live their lives. And these are the people that we're like, okay, I would love to have what they have or be like them. So sometimes these mentoring relationships, they do happen naturally, but a lot of the time it's from an invitation from you. It's saying, hey person, I would love you to come into my life be honest and be real and walk on a journey. Um, part of my personal goals for this year was to have a coach and a mentor in my life. I had to initiate it. I had to ask that person, hey, can we meet every six to eight weeks and can you be honest with me in my life? This person has been honest and real in my life. I have, I'm a person, I love pen and paper and to-do lists and I come with my notebook and I come with my pen and I'm like, speak to me honestly about my life and they've helped me in my marriage, they've helped me with my work 
working life, with ministry life and with my family. So I want to encourage you, find a mentor for your life. They bring that accountability, which is awesome. So our first relationship that we looked at was who is a mentor? Can you have a mentor? And the second and important one is Paul modelled this by having a friend. And his friend was Silas. Proverbs 27, 17, it says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. If we continue to look and watch Paul's life, we find later in ministry that he's actually joined by this man called Silas. He was the brother from another mother. So Paul and Silas, they partnered together in ministry. They had very different personalities. They were just, you know, good friends. They had different giftings, but they worked together to make Jesus known. Now, the amazing story, which you, as you read on, is that these two men actually went to prison together. Can you imagine how close you would get to knowing someone in prison or in an isolation or in a confined space, you'd get to know a lot about them, about each other. Now, these men encouraged each other in prayer. They encouraged each other with praise and they encouraged, encouraged each other with their faith. Now, this is a good person to have in your life. Who is that friend that you have in your life that always directs you and brings you back to God? God has friends and he has people everywhere. We just have to look for them. Since for myself, um, I have a life group and I have got to make beautiful friendships within my life group. These people, um, what we, we have a little motto, what is said in life group stays in life group. Um, but there has been tears, there has been joy, there has been celebration, there has been times where we stood with each other believing for different things. And it is the most beautiful and authentic thing that occurs when you get deep with people and you allow them into your lives. Friendship is important and God places people around you to, and you have a choice to allow people in but the friendships that you choose, you want them to bring you closer to God and those people will either build you up or they're going to tear you down. Pursuing godly good friends should, should not be a passive pursuit, but rather it should be an active one. And maybe you're in this place today and you haven't yet found those good godly friends for you. Can I encourage you, invest sow seeds, pour into someone that you're like, hey, I actually would love to have a pursue a friendship with that person. I see something in them that they're going to draw the good out of me and keep directing me to God. Do you know what? Take them out for coffee. Connect with them. Be practical and sow into a person or persons because what you sow, you will reap. God has relationships for us. We can often look at life and think, hey, life is lonely. But who have you poured into lately to intentionally build the friendships around your life that help sharpen you and help you grow in God? When you have a friend, don't just get together and whinge and agree with the person. How about you direct them and say, hey, what's God saying? What's God doing in your life? God has godly people, men and women for you. Men, you don't have to do life alone either. Get honest and real with another man, buddy, and grow in your walk with God. So we've touched on two friendships or relationships, a mentor and a friendship, and the last one is a disciple. And we know Paul in the Bible 
he was deliberate. He was deliberate with who he surrounded in his life. Maybe he moved people from his inner circle to his outer circle or vice versa, but he was deliberate. And he was deliberate with a younger man, younger man called Timothy. Acts 16, let's have a look. Paul came to Derby and then to Lister, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers at Lister and Iconum spoke well of him and Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they travelled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew daily in numbers. Timothy, he was a young man, but he had so much potential that Paul saw in him and he took him on the journey with him. Paul invested in him. He was a young fella. He probably had not many skills or not educated, but Paul took him on the journey. We see that young Timothy, he learned along the way from Paul. Paul was pouring into Timothy. Paul poured into Timothy what God had poured into him. Now, Paul poured into Timothy without requiring anything in return. See, with a friendship relationship, when you pour into a friendship, you hope to receive and be poured back into with friendship. But with this discipleship relationship, you pour into that person because you see their potential. You see what the God call is on them and you don't expect anything back. Today, my question to you is this. Who are the people you have invited into your life Or who would you like to invite into your life in the areas shared today? We have a mentor, a friend, and a disciple. We need all three. Because if it's just about you getting poured into or having a friendship, but you're not pouring into anyone else, it's actually quite selfish. We need all three. John Townsend says this, every significant Everything significant starts with relationship. At the end of the day, your faith, your family, your work and your leadership are all based on who you relate to and how you relate. Your life is motivated by love for others, being part of a family, a desire for intimacy and vulnerability, choosing to work on a great team or creating a product or service that helps others. Do you know that we are the happiest when we know our lives evolve around other people? Conversely, we are not ourselves, not our best selves, when we are isolated or alone. If the guitar could please join me. Thank you, Luke. Right now, you may not have a person in those areas, a mentor, a friend, or a disciple, someone you can disciple. But can I encourage you? to pray. God cares about those needs in our lives. I had a mum approach me on, sun, on Monday, actually, I was at a sports carnival, and she saw me, and then I ducked away for a moment, and then she came and she found me again, and she goes, can I just say that your daughter 
is an answer to my prayers. My daughter hadn't had, her daughter hadn't had good friends at the school and she goes, but I have been praying. I have been praying every day for my girl and now she has a good friend in your daughter. And I want to encourage you, pray. Parents, pray for your children that they're going to have a mentor, that someone pours into them. Can I be honest? Sometimes your child doesn't want to always fully get open with you, but that's okay. But if they have a mentor and a godly person that pours into them that you trust, pray for that in your life. Pray for them to have the good godly friends that direct them to Christ. Because do you know what? When they're going to be teenagers or have difficult times, who do we want them to turn to. We want them to turn to God. We want them to turn to their godly friends that point them to Christ. It's not saying they can't have unsaved friends, no, but get them in that inner circle. Who are those godly people that they can have? Teenager, if you're in this place, who's that mentor? Who's that friend? Who can you actually pour into? It doesn't matter what age you are. We can all pour into someone. If you're a teenager, maybe it's been part of the kids' ministry. There's a lot of young people out there that are looking up to you and how you do life, good godly life. Maybe be part of the kids' team or be part of the youth team and pour into others because do you know what? I think we thrive the most when we're not about ourselves. Adults. You may be in this room and be thinking, this doesn't apply to me. I'm well seniored and seasoned and I've done life for a long time. But you know what? I think we always can grow and develop in our personal walk with Jesus Christ. And having someone that is in your life that looks at you, because they see things differently to how you do. And if we're walking with Christ and continually communing and in fellowship with Him, don't we want to become more like Him, even in our older age? We have so much in life that we can continue to grow in and be like Him. I have a bike wheel here. I am not an avid cyclist. I would love to be maybe. No, I wouldn't. But anyway, I know um, Luke over here. I actually discovered when I was looking at this cycle wheel things that I'd never noticed before and I'm going to take you on the journey with me but you may already know about it. Here I have a, a bike wheel and we're going to say that this outer tube, we're talking a lot about circles today aren't we, is the world and then the spokes, spokes, they're each of us, they're the people, they're you and I, they're people, our neighbours, their church down the road, they're, they're people, the spokes are people. And then we have in the centre of this wheel, that's God. And the thing that I had never noticed before about spokes is that the closer they get to the centre, that's, they actually get closer together. I thought that was really cool. The closer that you and I get to God, the closer we commune and get to each other. But the further we walk away from God, maybe give up some of those spiritual disciplines, get hurt, cold, offended, stop coming to church, not want to be involved, run in and out, allow offence to rule, we actually get further away from God, but we also get further away from each other. 
We get closer to the world. But God warns us to be genuine, not superficial, and be real with each other in our walk with God. You might be in this place today and say, yes, my life, I'm like, I feel so close to God. I'm every day, I'm worshipping, I'm praying, I'm, I'm at church, I'm interacting with Him. But I can't stand that over here. Do you know what they did to me? Oh, I left that church because that person was a bit, you know, they said this or they didn't say that. But in all of the church community context, the closer we are to God, the closer we are to each other. And do you know what? When you spend time with people, you're actually going to see their flaws more and more. You're going to see their inadequacies. But that's where we clothe ourselves with compassion and love and humility. And we say, yeah, they're not perfect because who is perfect in this room? No one. But can I encourage us that that's when we forgive. And sometimes it's hard to forgive maybe where hurt and offence has come. But that's where we make a deliberate decision, even when we don't feel it. No, I choose forgiveness. I choose forgiveness because I love God. And that's what he's asked of me. And the closer we are to God, the closer we are to each other. And that's where we shine the love of Jesus Christ to the world. The world. So in all of this, in talking about being genuine and real, it's not just for us to grow and be more shaped, but it's so that our love for each other can shine to the world because a world needs Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, be honest, I really found this series to be hard for myself because I know there's areas in my life that I've had to remove people or draw closer or vice versa. But I know that God can come and as we draw closer to God and maybe forgive others, wow, what can He do? What can He do for those that are around us? But maybe you're in this place right now and you have been hurt or offended from people, from those that are around you. Maybe there's words that have been said, as I said, or maybe words that haven't been said. But if you're in this place right now, I just want you just to surrender that to God, those hurts, those offences, and just give them to Him. Maybe you can just take a... Open up your hands as a sign of surrender to Him. Say, Lord, take those hurts and offences. I actually give them to you because they are robbing me from what you have for me, God, for what you have for this world. And if you're here, just take that moment. Lord, 
give them to you. Give them to you. And if you're in this place today and you're just like, God, I want to grow closer to you and closer to community and build a community because when I build a community with each other, not just at surface level, then I can shine the love of Jesus Christ to others. In your seat, just say, yep, God, that's me. Just lift up your hand like, yep, that's me. I want to grow closer with you, with community, so I can shine the love of Jesus Christ to others. Maybe that's you going to have to put down some walls, allow people in, allow just like, hey, I want to show you some of my life. Maybe there's those friendships that are going to help direct you closer to God. Just like, yep, God, that's me. That's me. I want to grow closer with you, closer with others to influence my world and shine your love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You see those hearts. You see those hands. And I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work that only you can do. That, God, as we draw closer to you, that, God, we're going to draw closer to this community, these church believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank you for those relationships, God. God, strengthen them. That, God, that we're a people that walk in humility, that we are a people that walk in love and compassion and kindness. And, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, God, you're going to do a work that only you can do. Maybe you're in this place and you don't yet know Jesus. And at the moment, you're on the the outside of this wheel and you're feeling like, okay, there's just so much, there's more. There's more to life than just getting up and going to work and doing the family thing. But right now you're in this place and you're like, I want to be in that inner circle with the Creator and my Lord and my God. Because He delights in you. He delights in you. And if you're in this place today and you're like, I want to know God in a new and real way, I want you to lift your hand up. I want you to lift your hand up to say yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. I'm just looking around this room.